So one evening, a deputy in the uh, sheriff's department in the canine union gets a call to go check out a potential robbery or burglary. And uh, so he gets over there and the back door is ajar. So he opens the door to the car and tells the dog to go in and seek and figure out what's going on. And the dog just raced on in there through the doors and then started backing up and went all the way back out and ran back to the car. And this deputy's looking around and thinking, what in the world's going on? And then he realized by the sign on the building, it was the veterinary office. (laughs) Fear, right? It can be paralyzing even to dogs. Well, we're in week number two of a sermon series about overcoming things through the power of God's word. And, and, And last week, Pastor John helped us look at overcoming adversity. And then as we move forward in this series, we're going to look at overcoming shame and greed and lust and apathy and sorrow and loss. But today I want us to look at overcoming fear. So what do all these words have in common? Geniophobia, microphobia, megalophobia, pelidophobia, pogonophobia, cheetophobia, and panophobia. All right? They're phobias, right? They're fears. And there actually exists. There are people who have fears of chins or small things or large things or bald people or beards or hair or basically people who have fear of fear itself. It's amazing how many fears there are. We laugh at the funny names they give to them, but there's 15 pages of named and identified phobias and fears, over 500 of them. And some are common that we recognize, like the fear of spiders. And they say 50% of all women uh, have this fear. There's the fear of flying or the fear of confined spaces, the fear of height. I got to admit, I fall into that category. The fear of death, the fear of public speaking. Eh, Not so much for me, but it is a fear that people have. So let's kind of look at what fear is. Well, the definition of fear, it's a feeling of anxiety and agitation And it's caused by the presence or nearness of danger, of evil, of pain. We know it, right? It's this bad feeling when we think there's some danger or something bad might happen to us. And it frightens us. And we work lots of words like timidity and dread and terror and fright and apprehension to use them. But the reality is those fears tend to limit us. Those fears tend to influence our daily lives and our walk with the Lord. And fears are in all different areas, and they're as old as mankind. What did Adam and Eve do after they ate the fruit? They hid behind the tree for fear of facing God after their sinfulness. I asked my Life Hurts, God Heals Tuesday group, just tell me some items that people fear. They listed the fear of change, the fear of the unknown, the fear of life, the fear of death, the fear of storms, the fear of loneliness, the fear of truth, the fear of failure, So do any of those fall into categories that you have? Have you wrestled with those maybe in the past? Or maybe you have a fear of falling or a fear of the dark. Or maybe you have fear of lobsters. Or maybe you have the fear of falling on a lobster in the dark. I don't know, but I do know that there's different types of fears that are out there. And there are different degrees, and and we give them different titles, like the word dread. Dread's kind of a depression that we feel when we think something disagreeable might happen. Like maybe I have a, a dread of living in poverty. And then there's another word, a little bit bigger word, fright. So a sudden shocking fear, like maybe a mouse runs in front of you. 
or terror, that overwhelming and that paralyzing fear, like maybe someone is holding a gun to your head. And then panic. We know that one, right? Somebody yells fire in a crowded room and people just run aimlessly because of that panic that they have. And so for you to think about, how do you fall into this? Does fear control your life? Does fear control your actions? Does fear control your faith? Does it paralyze you from accomplishing what God's plans are? Do you live in fear? And I think we'd all agree that some fears are good fears. They're healthy fears. They're reasonable and normal fears that we have. But they don't all fall into that that category. And I think there's really three categories that we have, three things that we can look at. One title would be things that we really need to fear. From an earthly, from a bodily form, we know there's things that we should fear. They can hurt you. These are healthy fears, like playing with fire or putting your hand on a stove or getting too close to the edge of a cliff. And and those are known dangers, right? There's a possibility they will hurt you. And so God wires us. He actually wires us with a sense of fear, A, to warn us, and B, to alter our actions. But that's not all the cases. Sometimes they're what I call an irrational fear, You know, like maybe the fear of walking under a ladder or monsters under the bed or the number 13 or breaking a mirror or or, or maybe stepping on a crack and breaking your mom's back kind of a deal. But you know, 95% of all the things we fear never even happen. A, A German proverb is so cool, it puts it this way, fear makes the wolf bigger than he is. Isn't that an interesting little phrase there? But then I want us to talk about what I call misdirected fear. This is you do something wrong and you fear, but you fear the wrong consequences. So you're speeding down the road and you see a speed trap and you slam on the brakes and you have fear. You're afraid you're going to get a ticket. And yet you don't seem to have any fear that you were disappointing God by breaking the law in the first place. Or maybe you're a kid and you hide that dirty magazine or that website and you don't want mom to find it because she'll get mad and ground you or something like that. And and, and yet you have no fear of of hurting God by this lustful thoughts that you're having and these sinful images you're looking at. Or maybe you're afraid your income tax is going to get audited and they're going to find those tax credits that you really didn't deserve. And yet you're afraid of the penalty for the taxes, but it never bothers you that God says not to steal, to be honest in all we do. But let's move forward on this. Does the Bible tell us anything at all about fear? (laughs) Yeah, Bible tells us lots of stuff about fear. As a matter of fact, there's over 365 verses that talk about fear and being afraid. That's enough for one every day for you to look at, folks. There's 80 of them that actually say fear not or do not fear. So it's a hot topic in the Bible. But I don't know if you're like me, but I asked the question, why does the Bible say fear the Lord? And then a little later it says do not fear. I mean, that's confusing to me, right? It doesn't make sense. Let's see if we can make sense out of it. If we look at Psalm 33, 8, it says, Let the earth fear the Lord. Let the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Fear the Lord. I mean, really? Are we supposed to shudder in our shoes around this boogeyman God who's going to punish us and hurt us? Well, I don't know. Fear of God is just a strange thing for us to think about. And yet here's Martin Luther. 
He says that we should fear and love God, and here it is, so that we don't curse or swear or deceive or kill or don't commit adultery. See, this fear and love God isn't about being terrified of a meanie God who wants to zap you. It's about this total awe of the power and a fear of disappointing God. It has to do with fearing God and the power he has by looking through the lens of Jesus as our rescuer. But let's go backwards for a minute. Let me talk to the sinner in you, the old Adam in you, the self-centered, unrepenting, I want it my way and I want it now part of you. Yeah, we fall into that category. Psalm 51 says, I've been evil from the day I was born. From the time I was conceived, I've been sinful. Does that sound like you maybe? Sounds like me, I'll admit it. And yet we also know that the wage of sin is death, eternal death, separated from God and from good for all eternity. And that is a scary thought. And people worry and fear about dying. I think the bigger fear ought to be worry about dying if you don't have faith in Jesus Christ. Because otherwise you just throw your hands in the air and give up. There's no hope for me. But there is hope for you. If you hear anything I say today, hear this. The fear of death is erased by the promise of eternal life. The fear of death is erased by the promise of eternal life. That hopelessness of the law we talked about a minute ago is overpowered by the power of the gospel, the good news. The good news that says Jesus became a man. Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus died on a cross for every single one of you. He took the punishment for every one of your sins. In faith, you're forgiven. Romans 10 tells us if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Greg Laurie had this Bible track, and I got to tell you, I just, I just loved it. It really fit here. He says, friend, let me be blunt. If you don't have Jesus living in your heart, all those fears ought to make you shake in your shoes right now because there's no hope for you. Politicians aren't going to save you. Washington isn't going to save you. Technology isn't going to save you. You need God. And then he goes on to say, Christians, on the other hand, don't have to be afraid. They believe in the triune God. They know they're going to heaven. They have peace in the midst of troubling circumstances. So yes, there's a fear of God, but in a sense of love and awe and respect. Uh, The fear of God is this awareness that you are in the presence of a holy, loving, unconditionally forgiving God. And that takes us to the other verse when we talk about the contradiction of do not fear and fear. So Isaiah 41, what a great section. Roy read it earlier. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll uphold you in your righteous right hand. What a great verse. In the message translation, that same verse says, don't panic. I'm with you. There's no need to fear, for I'm your God. I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. Keep a firm grip on you. Wow. So what does that verse really say? Well, let's unpack it for a second. It says, do not fear. Why? Because he tells you, because I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Why? Because I am with you. And what does all that mean? I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to uphold you with my righteous right hand. What a great verse that God is with you. He's got this. 
And with that, we can live fearlessly in this world. We can stand up and face our fears and overcome them. So you say, okay, Pastor Dave, give me some kind of examples of this. Uh, How about David? Imagine the fear most of us would have to stand up against the giant Goliath. Do you remember what he said? He says, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin. (laughs) Big deal. I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. And down went the giant. David overcame his fears. Or how about Daniel? Imagine that. Hey, going to go in the lion's den for his faith? Daniel 6 tells us the king gave the order. They brought Daniel. They threw him in the lion's den. King said, Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. And he did. In verse 22, my God sent his angel. He shut the mouths of the lions and they have not hurt me. And what's really cool about the story is then that changed the king. Listen to the king. He rescues, he saves, he performs signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Daniel overcame his fear, and he allowed God to work through him. Or how about Shadrach, Meshav, and Abednego? What a cool story, huh? They're told to worship this idol, and uh, we can't do that. And they make the statement of faith. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. He'll rescue us from our here hand, O king. And then he says, but even if not, we want you to know, king, we're not going to serve your gods or worship that image of gold that you have set up. They faced and they overcame their fears, and they came out of that furnace unsinged. And I know we all love Psalm 23, right? And we love that section that says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's pretty scary stuff, right? And then what do we say as we read that? I'll fear no evil. You're with me, Lord. Isn't that cool? But you're probably saying, well, okay, Pastor Dave, but you know, I'm not going to get thrown in a lion's den or into a fiery furnace, and there's no seven-foot-tall giants I have to fight. But not so fast. If you live in this world, which we all do, you're going to face storms of life, things that are scary, things that are important to you, things that will bring fears to you. And in those fears, there will be found in storms of life. Now, I wish I could have been there. There's a lot of stories, but I wish I could have been there that day when we read in Mark 4. Listen to this story. That day when evening came, Jesus, he said to the disciples, let us go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, he took them along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up. Waves broke over the boat, nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Cycles woke him up. Teacher, don't you care if we're going to drown? He got up. He rebuked the wind and the waves. Be quiet, be still. And the wind died down, completely calm. And then he said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Why do you have so little faith? Think about it. Jesus was in the boat with them. Jesus calmed the waves that they were in. He brought them safely to safety, and he'll do the same for you in the storms of life that you face to help you to overcome those storms. Now, some have storm issues when there's lightning, thunder, and lightning, but every one of us goes through storms of life. Things that happen, things that happen at work or at home or at at, uh, neighborhood events, uh, things that have to do with our health or our finances or our relationships. 
I want to pause for a second. I want you to look down at your outline that hopefully you grabbed, and I just want you to write, what storms are you personally facing? Don't look at the person next to you. This isn't about you being afraid to write it down. It's between you and God. If you don't have an outline, just think through, what storms are around me in my life that are causing fear to me? So to kind of help nudge you as you're writing or thinking through this. Maybe you wrote down that there's a physical storm in your life. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's aches and pains of getting old. Maybe it's rising medical costs. Or maybe you wrote down there's a relational storm that you're dealing with. Maybe the marriage isn't working so well or the kids are behaving poorly or there's issues with your neighbors or issues at work. Maybe it's a financial storm. Rising prices, and you just don't know if there's going to be enough dollars at the end of the month to pay the bills. Or maybe pending layoffs at work or college expenses for kids. Maybe emotional storms. Maybe it's a storm of depression or anxiety or anger or guilt. Let me assure you, whatever you wrote down there, Jesus is in the boat with you. And he wants to help you overcome that storm, whatever you wrote down. But I want to get even more personal and take it to the next level. Fill in that next blank, my top three fears. What are those things that you are afraid of that cause anxiety, that cause you to kind of, I can't do things because of that fear? Now, I've talked with enough of you in my office to know that many of you right now are writing down the fear of God, fear of judgment, the fear of letting God down or doing something he won't forgive. Always remember Romans 8.38. Just You can remember that number in your head and turn to it when you need to, and it says that I am convinced that neither death or life, angels or demons, present or future, no powers, no height, nor depth, or here it is, nor anything, including whatever you wrote on your piece of paper, in creation will be able to separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. There's a family, they get awakened by the smoke detector in the middle of the night, and they realize, uh-oh, the house really is on fire. And so the dad runs to the second floor, grabs his 18-month-old in his arm, the hand of his four-year-old, and he's running down the stairs to get to the, the safety of outdoors there and the little boy suddenly realizes, whoops, I left my teddy bear upstairs. And he somehow breaks free and runs back to get his teddy bear. Dad gets outside and realizes, whoops, where's my son? And then he sees that it's too late to go back in the house. And in the second floor window, his son is there screaming out the window, Daddy, Daddy, help me. And the dad says, jump, jump, son, I'll catch you. Come on, come on, Andy, come on, jump, I'll catch you. But in the darkness and the smoke, the little boy can't see Dad. And he yells out, Daddy, I can't see you. Daddy says, that's okay, son, I can see you. Just jump and I will catch you. Do your worries in life fit into that story? Are you afraid of the future, afraid what you can't see? Do the things around you seem dark and smoky? Jump, because Jesus is going to catch you. He's there to help you overcome those fears. Now, one of the troubles we have as humans is when we take our eyes off of Jesus. 
See, our fear increases when we take our eyes off of Jesus. Peter found this out. Do you remember that story of walking on water? It's a pretty cool story. Jesus said, take courage. It's I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter said, tell me to come out on the water. Come, he said. And Peter got out of the boat and he walked on water and he came toward Jesus. You imagine being there and seeing that? But then our human nature clicked in. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached his hand, caught him. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? Think about it. He walked on water. It was fine. And then he took his eyes off of Jesus. And he let his fears, the waves, the things around him get in his mind. A couple things to think about in that story. One, if you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat. That's not my sentence, by the way. It's a great book by John Ortberg, so go buy it and read it. It is a fantastic book. But secondly, focus on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus in the midst of the storm or the fears or whatever you're going through, but also know that when you take your eyes off, Jesus has never taken his eyes off of you. He's still there ready to reach you and bring you safely back into the boat. Keep your eyes on Jesus. So a lot of talk about fear, but what can we do? What can we do action steps? What are some things to do? Well, I want to give you some tools that will help you overcome fear because it's going to come. There's going to be things that are going to cause you fear. Read, study, and meditate on God's Word. So if you came last week, you heard this. If you came the week before, you heard this. If you came 10 years ago, you heard this. This is the key. Be in God's Word. Maybe you go and you look up all of the do not fears or all of the do not be afraids in the Bible. Have a regular, scheduled, quiet, alone time with your Lord. Do it daily. And then be involved in God's church family. You're here worshiping. You're watching online. This is the family that God brought together. But he brought us together to encourage each other, to support each other, to walk side and side with one another, to be there to accomplish God's plans that we do together and helping each other through our issues and our struggles. And then remember who you are and whose you are. I know you've heard that phrase before, but think about it. Who you are is the fact that God handmade you. He created you. He loves you. And then whose you are, you're his child. You're a child of God. He's not going to turn his back on you when you have things that are fearful. And then identify those fears and turn them over to the Lord. Hopefully many of you wrote those down. Go home and say, Lord, I'm handing these over to you. Let me know what I need to do, but I'm putting them on you. Take this anxiety, this fear, this worry off my mind. And then finally, live by faith by keeping your eyes on Jesus. Don't be like Peter. Don't let the waves of life get in the way. Just focus on him so you can walk on water. One last verse that I just wanted to put in here because it's so powerful. Don't be anxious about anything, fearful, worry, whatever you want to put in there. But in every situation with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So you walk out of here, taking your outline. What are you going to do next? Well, hopefully you're going to say, I'm going to identify the type and source of my fears. Hopefully you started that by writing them down. But ask yourself, are those healthy fears, good ones to have? Are they irrational ones that make no sense at all? Are they misdirected fears where, well, I've got consequences that I don't like, but I don't care whether God likes it or not? 
You know, then what are those three fears? Turn them over to the Lord. Lord, they're yours. Help me. Let me know what I should do, but I'm going to trust you'll help me through them. And then finally, I'm going to find peace, that peace beyond understanding of knowing that Jesus is with me always. He's in whatever boat you're in. Lord, thank you for your promise that you are with us. Thank you for wiring us in a way that we are fearful of dangerous things that are around us. And help us not to let anxieties and worries and fears get in the way of us serving you in our relationship with you. Let us know you, love you, trust you. Lord, let us reach out and support other people who are going through tough times, people who have spiritual issues, people who have physical issues, emotional issues, people that are just struggling with that word fear in their life. We turn them over to you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to learn a little bit more about Royal Redeemer. We want you to be a part of our Royal Redeemer family here. May God richly bless you and guide you, and I truly look forward to seeing you soon.